the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Is it better to be feared or respected? And I say, is it too much to ask for both? They say the best weapon is one you never have to fire. I respectfully disagree. I prefer the weapon you only have to fire once. That's how Dad did it. That's how America does it. And it's worked out pretty well so far. This is Ed Hoffman, and welcome to the main event. I'm talking kind of quiet to go along with this music, which is Rod Stewart, Young Turks. It's not really the, the rock anthem that I normally open with, but Rod Stewart is playing at the Citizens Bank Arena this weekend, so I thought I'd use something uh, something a little Rod Stewart-y today. Hey, uh, and I open up with that. Uh, I open up with that uh, clip from uh, Iron Man. In case you uh, didn't recognize it, uh, for those of you that are old enough to remember it, eh, everybody who listens to this is old enough to remember. It. Some of you guys might be too old to watch movies like that. Who knows? Hey, anyway, uh, good stuff going on. You know, good stuff going on in the country. It's very, very interesting to see what the uh, what the what how the how how the intensity. I'm looking for the right word. Intensity is ramping up before the midterms a week from Tuesday. And and the Democrats um are grasping at straws to try and uh to change the change the conversation on the news. And uh we're gonna talk about all that stuff today. But first let me introduce myself before I get too far into this. My name's Ed Hoffman, president of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender, located here in Southern California, lending in California. Our Arizona, Ohio in about two weeks, uh, Nevada in probably by the end of the year, uh, Texas first couple of months of next year, and uh, Florida maybe before the end of the year as well. Uh, if you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate, and there are fantastic opportunities if you're thinking about buying a house, there are great opportunities out there. It's turned into a buyer's market. Go out there and make some offers if you've been sitting on the fence. Don't wait till the rates go up any higher and don't wait till everybody gets used to him because right now everyone's kind of sitting on the fence going, eh, the rates are kind of high. You know, we're, we're getting into the, into the high fours and the low fives. It's not really what we've been used to for the last few years. And I think I'm going to sit and see if they come down. Guess what? They're not coming down and either are the prices. Uh, but it is really soft right now. So if you're thinking about buying a house, call me and get pre-qualified and, uh, Go out and write some offers. Also, if you're looking for a reverse mortgage, great opportunities now. Uh, great opportunities now. There's a lot of people, uh, just a ton of people looking into this new pro- this product that's not new, but it's catching. Uh, you know, as the baby boomers are are retiring, a lot of people are jumping into that. If you're thinking about any of this stuff that I just talked about and you need financing, call me toll free at eight five five six four zero twenty twenty. That's eight five five six four zero twenty twenty. One last time, day or night. 
Toll-free, area code 855-640-2020. If you want to get in touch with me but you don't want to call on the phone because you're under 50 and you want to do things on the computer or you're over 60, I guess, uh, who knows? If you are if you want to do it on the computer, go to wccloans.com, www.wccloans.com. Click on looking for a loan. Click on apply now. I think it's an apply now. It's something there about applying. And uh, put it uh, uh, put it, as much information as you want me to have. Tell me how much information you want back. It'll pop up on my screen, and one of uh, one of my teammates, either myself or Eric Marquez, Alex Rojas, uh, Cody Bradbury, or Aaron Fredericks will call you back, and we will uh, help you uh, find the missing pieces to the real estate financing puzzle and uh, get you on your way. Uh, if you hear something on the show, hopefully you can clean that up, Dan. Uh, if you hear something on the show uh, that you want repeated, you can hear the show repeated on uh, edhoffman.net. Click on edhoffman.net. Click on the podcast page. You can hear this week's show as well as, well as several past shows. You can also get the podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes where you can go on and uh, subscribe for free, have it download once a week, and you can listen to it on demand whenever you want to. Uh, if you want to follow the follow me on uh, uh, social media at Ed Hoffman for Twitter, uh, the main event, Facebook dot the main event Ed Hoffman, something like that. Just search main event Ed Hoffman, you'll see it on Facebook, and uh, or find me on my normal Facebook thing. Uh, what else did I leave out? If you want to, uh, if you have anything that you want to leave comments, like how how uh, I tripped over my my tongue on the opening today uh 855-640-2092 is the recorded line you can leave a message and tell me hey ed what'd you do you put marbles in your mouth before you went in front of the microphone today hey so anyway uh before we go on in the studio with me as always and he will be solo in this show uh scott mcafee uh owner of don's bikes in rialto and redland scotty Ed, we report, you decide. Exactly, exactly. So Scotty's going to be soloing this thing, and uh, I have one more week, one more week here, and then Scott's going to take it over for a couple of weeks while uh, Don and I float around on a cruise ship heading to Hawaii, and then going around the islands in Hawaii, and then coming back all the way back to uh, back to San Pedro. So we're going to be having fun and relaxing, and uh, have some uh, some no work time. Hopefully, you know, cruise ships used to be a lot more relaxing before they got Wi-Fi on there. And cellular signals and all that stuff. So we'll see what kind of vacation it turns into. Hey, so uh, let's get started talking about what's going on. Yeah, they're coming to America. The migrant caravan, the migrant caravan from Central America, grew to over seventy-two hundred people this week. But who's counting, Ed? Uh, well, apparently somebody is. You know, okay. and you know, I don't know who, who's counting exact, but I saw some. Uh, I saw an interview on uh, on Fox this morning, and some guy saying, "Well, you know what? Uh, I left my three kids, my wife, and my three kids, and one was just newly born." In uh, I don't know if he left him Honduras or Guatemala, and I'm going to America, and we rent. So they're talking about who's paying off their houses by working for a couple of years in America. And he goes, but uh, I think I'm better off going back home and struggling with them than possibly dying on the way like one of my friends did yesterday. So so one guy dropped out and one guy died. So apparently there's 7,198 people now in the caravan. Right. Well, I guess this thing has been going from four to six to 10,000. So I guess that means they're picking up people along the way. And Yeah, and exactly. And if you, and if you think about it, imagine... They, everybody just got got the idea all at once and said, hey, I know, let's walk 2,000 miles and go to America. 
But no, and I even thought the same thing. Like, let's say I decided, you know, Ed, I'm going to walk to Canada tomorrow. And you'd be like, okay, yeah, and I'm going to do it without any luggage. Because nobody's carrying any luggage. Did you notice that, Ed? I did notice that. There's no luggage. Um, you know, the, the logistics of walking a couple thousand miles without any form of assistance. Um, yeah, there's definitely some organization going on behind this. So that, that begs the question. I mean, who's paying for this? Who's feeding them? Yeah, where's, where's the food for it? How long does it take to walk 2,000 miles? Well, I don't know. I figure, how far can you actually walk in one day? I have heard people talking about 30 miles a day. Okay. So 30 miles a day, that's uh, three days for every hundred, three points. So that's, uh, that's actually three, that's six. So for every 300, it's 10 days. So there's uh, six of those. So there's 10 times six is 60 days. So two months worth of food. And they're going to wear the same underwear for two months. Yeah, well, that's, that's the other thing that's kind of odd. I mean, they all look pretty good. You know what I mean? I mean, they're, they're dressed nice. It looks almost like a group of tourists more than anything else. Primarily young, uh, young males, by the way. Yeah, and, uh, and most of them don't have their families. Hey, you know, I left my wife and my three kids in Honduras or, uh, or Guatemala, but I think I'll go back. Well, how come all these guys have kids when they get to the border of our country? They're having them along the way. Is that what you're saying? I don't know. Hmm. Maybe they steal them from Mexico. Or maybe they deliver the kids. So the kids can't walk that far. So we're just going to put them in a, in a plane, fly them to fly them to uh, Juarez or someplace close to the border, and uh, and we're and we'll just drop them off. You just pick them up at the airport after you walk walk up there for sixty days. I think after six days, I'd look like hammered uh, something. Yeah, I would be on my hands and knees, I think, uh, by the time I would get to the border. These guys look fresh. They're, they're certainly got enough energy to hop over barricades. Um, and again, there's the logistics of like, who's paying for all this? Where do they shower? Where do they go to the bathroom? I, I, you know, we're talking a massive, massive coordinated effort. It's like a, it's like a bikeathon. You know, the, they have little checkpoints and with with snacks, they, or you know the <laughs> aid the, stations. Yeah, they have the the stations where you check in and people, or the marathon. They they walk, they hand you a water bottle while you're walking and you dump it on your head or drink it. And you know, and here's here's an energy bar. Yeah, but that that's a marathon. We're talking like a couple thousand miles here, yeah, right? Th- yeah. Well, I'm just think, like- I'm just thinking they just organize it. Somebody organized this. So and don't. Don't, uh, don't anybody out there think, and don't, and I'm not saying, I assume everybody who listens to our show thinks. So I say, and when I say don't think that this thing was just spur of the moment, everybody just decided to go, or things just got bad in Honduras, or things just got bad in Guatemala, and they just, they had to get out. It's, it's organized. But I'm saying, I say that to you because I know you guys think because you listen to the show, but don't let your kids think, or your neighbors or your coworkers think, just say, hey, you know what? What are you thinking? Everybody just got, hey, let's just go. I'm leaving my wife and my kids, or I'm leaving all my belongings, and I'm not taking, if I have a car, I can't take it because I can't get them across the border. And uh, and plus, I would rather just walk and because uh, it looks cooler on TV. And uh, what else? Yeah, I, I don't know. What they do? Well, That's, yeah. That sounds stupid. Well, the other thing that did, to me didn't make any sense is they're flying the Honduras flags. At least I think that's the Honduran flag. I don't really know exactly. But it's like, what, why are you flying the Honduran flag? I mean, isn't that the reason you're leaving in the first place? Because it sucks there? Yep, exactly. You know? But, uh, you know, they won't be refugees by the time they get to our place. And, of course, uh, some of them speak English, but they won't be able to speak English by the time they get to our place. Earlier in the week, President Trump took a lot of heat for this tweet that he put on Monday. He said, sadly, it looks like Mexico's police and military are un- unable to stop the caravan heading to the southern border of the United States. Criminals and unknown Middle Easterners are mixed in. I have alerted the Border Patrol and the military that this is a national emergency. Must change laws. 
So you know, for so for those of you, for those of you that don't know, uh, you know, um, Trump just signed into or just uh, negotiated. I don't know if it's officially signed the the USMCA, the United States Mexico Canada Agreement, which is a a revamp of the of NAFTA, the North North American Free Trade Agreement, and he's saying, hey. You guys either stop these guys in your or your in your country before they get to ours, or that that agreement's off and and we're every every man for himself in the in the national trade, and uh, I guess they tried, they made some kind of an effort to try, but they can't they can't hold them back. When reporters pressed Trump on Tuesday, the president doubled down on uh, what he said. You know what you should do, John? Go into the middle of the caravan. Take your cameras and search. Okay? Search. No, no. Take your John. Take your camera. Go into the middle and search. You're going to find MS-13. You're going to find Middle Eastern. You're going to find everything. And guess what? We're not allowing them in our country. Yeah, you know what? I like, I like it when he's just straight. We're not allowing them in our country. Well, we'll see what we're going to do to actually, or what somebody's going to do to hopefully stop this. But... Look, nobody knows who's in this group. It's not like they've got identification. We can go back, look at records of who these people are. There's no way to verify anything. We have no idea. And this is a problem that's been going on for a long time. When when you see the pictures of this massive army, this massive uh, crowd that's coming across, yeah, it's four or six or somewhere between six and 10,000 people. Who knows? It'll probably be even bigger by the time it actually hits our border. But but this is a fraction of the number of people that have been crossing, that have crossed our border for decades decades illegal and are here now. What's the estimate? 20, maybe it's 30 million that are here. This is a drop in the bucket compared to the people that are actually are here now. I will tell you that uh, I I'll once again, quote my wife, we're, we're uh, talking last night and saying, she's going, I'm scared. I go, what are you scared about? She goes, all these people coming up here. What happens when they over, when they uh, overpower the border and they come up and they're overpowering, coming, coming to our houses. And I say, well, that's when it's good to have guns, I guess. I guess. So, uh, you know, remember last week the liberals said president was spreading lies by saying that the caravan was being funded by groups backed by liberal billionaire George Soros. Well, he may have been partially correct. Listen to what Vice President Pence was told by the president of Honduras. I spoke to uh, President Hernandez of Honduras. He told me that the caravan that's now making its way uh, through Mexico headed for the southern border was organized by leftist organizations and financed uh, by Venezuela. I didn't think Venezuela had any money. I mean, they got spare change to kick down for this. And what's their motive, by the way, too? Why do they? What's it? Why is it in Venezuela's best interest to flood our country with a bunch of illegals from Honduras and other parts of the world? Yeah, but they're funded. They're didn't he say funded or no organized by leftist organizations? And who who organizes that? Uh, sounds like George Soros funds every leftist organization. MoveOn.org and stu- and such, and financed by Venezuela. Hmm. Aren't they in a aren't they in a big financial crisis? Yeah, down it's there? like coming apart. It's this is socialism in action in Venezuela. This is like this is like every reason to not become a socialist country. Just look at Venezuela. It's a mess. And uh Sean isn't Sean Penn the guy that goes down to Venezuela used to go down to Venezuela while his buddy uh Hugo Cesar Chavez? Exactly. Yep. Was was down there. Um and in and in regards to the possibility of Islamic terrorists infiltrating the caravan. Uh, to come come in here, Pence said the facts are on the president's side. The United States of America intervenes and prevents 10 terrorists or suspected terrorists from coming into our country every day. So it's, it is inconceivable that there would not be individuals 
uh, from the Middle East as a part of this growing caravan. You know, and I, I wonder what it, I wonder what it's like. He had this conversation with the president of Honduras, and he says, "You know, hey, this was organized like this, and all these people are going away. How proud he must be! Hey, my people are all leaving. They're bailing and getting the hell out of here. They're saying, hey, hey, all my people, they got organized. They're all taking off. They're all taking off and going to America because it sucks here. I don't know. Uh, just hey, it is what it is. You know, just be cool, be my friend." I would think that Mexico would feel the same way, though, right? I mean, you know, that's where we've been getting a lot of people immigrating to this country illegally. I mean, does, doesn't Mexico feel bad about their people wanting to bail and get the hell out of there? And here, and here's here's the people in Mexico. Uh, hey, these people are walking through my yard, and they're they're uh, they're they're used, they're going to the bathroom on my property, and they're dropping papers, and and they're uh, loitering, and then they pick fruit off my trees, and they just go through it. You know, it's how do you feel when someone's walking through your yard? How do you feel when one of your one of your neighbors walks his dog on your on your lawn and then uh, uses uses your lawn for a toilet and doesn't clean it up? Can you imagine seventy two seventy one hundred and ninety eight people doing that? That's a lot of poop, Ed. I guarantee they're not cleaning up, not bringing little. Uh, Although I didn't see any dogs with them, though. In all fairness, I know, but I but they still have to. Oh, okay. I don't. I I, I bet you they weren't uh, carrying any little plastic bags. Mm. Okay, so on Thursday, the Pentagon ordered 800 active duty soldiers to to deploy to the border by October 30th. They will provide logistical support, including providing tents and vehicles to the 2,100 National Guard troops on the southern border, assisting Homeland Security. You know, it it would seem like that's not enough people to stop this this, uh, caravan. Maybe if we had a, a wall, it would help. Well, yeah, and I keep coming back to what, and what's the military supposed to do when they get there, right? I mean, it's not like they're going to start shooting people. If they can't prevent somebody from coming into the country, what's the point of even sending them there at all? Uh, at this point, it looks like the best uh, the best possible solution would be to have Mexico stop this thing from even getting to our border in the first place. And hopefully that's what's happening now. Yeah, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. So uh, Tyler Holton, uh, the Department of Homeland Security spokesman, uh, tweeted this. DHS can confirm that there are individuals within the caravan who are gang members or have significant criminal histories, uh, which uh, makes makes me happy to have heard uh, Secretary of State Monk, Mike Pompeo's comments, uh, which included this. From a security standpoint, there is no proper accounting of who these individuals in the caravan are, and this poses an unacceptable security risk to the United States. Moreover, Many of these people are ripe targets for human traffickers and others who would exploit them. We don't want that to happen. The United States also has a message for those who are currently part of this caravan or any caravan which follows. You will not be successful at getting into the United States illegally, no matter what. I repeat, the caravan will not cross our southern border illegally under any circumstances. You know, the funny thing is that caravan is still heading this way. So obviously Pompeo didn't specify exactly what he's going to do to prevent them from getting over here. Well, I hope as if, you know, if they're committed, if they're committed to making sure they don't get over, I'm sure we have the firepower to do it. Um, and maybe they're going to blast tear gas and and whatever to slow them down so that Border Patrol can do what they have to do. Um, they're going to send in the paddy wagon and pick them all up. Well, I can just see the left's hoping for a good photo op of some soldier maybe pointing a gun at some pregnant woman as she's on the ground crying with her three other kids. You know, that'll be on the cover of the L.A. Times, New York Times, right? Yep, exactly. Friday morning, the Border Patrol chief in El Centro, Gloria Chavez, delivered a press conference alongside the director of Homeland Security, Kirsten Nielsen. 
Most recently, an emerging threat that we are experiencing right now is the fraudulent family unit composition. For example, in the last two weeks here in the El Centro sector, we have uncovered multiple instances where adults are claiming to be minors, where false claims of a family relationship exist. Even Mexican citizens are claiming to be Central American so that that way they are able to take advantage of the immigration loopholes that exist in the immigration system. Well, what do you know? <laughs> I guess that's how it's growing from four to six to seven thousand. Ed, they're just picking up folks along the way. Exactly. It's it's like watching our uh, like watching Rocky Balboa, you know, train for a fight. He's just running through the park, and the little kids just come up behind him. Next thing you know, there's a whole crowd. There's a whole marathon. There's a whole caravan coming to America. But the facts don't matter to the liberals who only want to focus on how the president reacts to this invasion at the borders. At a rally in Houston for Ted Cruz's re-election campaign on Monday, the president said one of the worst words a liberal can hear, nationalist. They have a word. It sort of became old-fashioned. It's called a nationalist. And I say, really, we're not supposed to use that word. You know what I am? I'm a nationalist, okay? I'm a nationalist. And here comes the reaction from CNN. Nationalist. Use that word. We're going to talk about that word tonight. It is a favorite of the alt-right and is loaded with nativist and racial undertones. He's weaponized race and sort of nationalism and dog whistles. You're suggesting there's some kind of dog whistle there. It is. It is. It, it applies. It, it, it does provoke... Uh, hate activities. What are you trying to say as president of the United States that you're a nationalist? Americans know what that means. It's not even a dog whistle anymore. It's a bullhorn. Do they all get the same talking points, by the way? Because it sure seems like it. Ed. Exactly. Well, somebody's organizing this <laughs> stuff. You know, that's the one thing about the Democrats versus the Republicans. They know how to get together on a message and hammer it down and get it in to the media. They know how they know how to all get together. And just for those of you that don't know, because it's not a word that we use regularly merriam webster dictionary of na- uh, the the uh, definition of of nationalism is loyalty and devotion to a nation well you know what i can't believe we would want to elect a, a guy to president uh to the president of the united states who's loyal and devoted to the to the united states of america it sounds pretty racist actually to me ed exactly Un- unbelievable unbelievable so uh in in response to all this stuff uh Threats against Democrats is weak, weak as a string of terror threats aimed at prominent Democrats. And guess who's getting blamed? If you look at who they've targeted so far, it's almost like they're following Donald Trump's Twitter feed. You know, we, we are in an era now where violence seems to have license by the president of the United States. But the president certainly has encouraged this kind of rhetoric. This is what happened when the president calls you the enemy of the people. And if anybody say, dares say that it was set up by the Democrats as an October surprise, uh, you're automatically dismissed as a conspiracy theorist. But what else would it be for? You know, you got you got like 12 bombs that, that were delivered. None of them went off. None, none of them went off at all. 
Yeah, one thing we can see is the guy's a lousy bomber, whoever this was. And it looks like we're obviously finding the identity of this. Actually, as we, before we even go on the air, we're just learning who this person actually is. Exactly. So let's let's do a recap, and then we're going to break for uh, okay. for uh, uh, for some commercials. But uh, here's the recap. On Monday, a pipe bomb was sent to the home of someone we talked about earlier, George Soros. The, the device was discovered at Soros' home in Katanaw, New York. Wednesday morning, three similar devices were found addressed to the Chappaqua, New York home of Bill and Hillary Clinton, the New York City offices of CNN, and the Washington, D.C. home of Barack Hussein Obama. <clears throat> I didn't say Barack and Michelle. It said Barack Obama. I wonder if Michelle has her own house. Uh, the CNN envelope was addressed to John Brennan, Obama CIA director and critic of President Trump. That's a lot. That's a long address. Later on, on Wednesday, it was reported that suspicious packages were also intercepted at the offices of New York uh, Governor Andrew Cuomo and California Congresswoman Maxine Waters. No, impeach 45, impeach 45. Thursday packages were received at two Delaware post offices, both addressed to former Vice President Joe Biden. Same day, one was found in the mailroom of Tribeca Productions in New York actor of New York actor uh, Robert De Niro, production company. Friday morning, packages addressed to New Jersey Senator Cory Booker and former director of national intelligence James Clapper were discovered. One thing the packages have in common, all return addresses are at Sunrise, Florida office of Congresswoman Debbie Blabbermouth-Schultz. We're going to talk about more of this, but let's break for uh, five minutes of traffic, weather, commercials, and sports, and we'll be right back with part two of the main event. Welcome back to the main event. My name is Ed Hoffman, President of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender. We don't talk a lot about uh, mortgages and finance on this show because uh, most people think it's boring. But you know what? If you, if, you, if you get to know who I am by listening to this show and you need mortgage financing, you want to talk to someone that you uh, can trust and someone that uh, you feel comfortable with and thinks like you, Call me toll-free at 855-640-2020, 855-640-2020, or get us on WCCLoans.com, www.wccloans.com. So for those of you that are just joining us, uh, in with me as quite often, Mr. Scott McAfee, owner of uh, Scott's Bikes and uh, second most prominent uh, political commentator in the country. That's right. You said Scott's Bikes, though. I said what? You said Scott's Bikes. It should be Scott's Bikes. It's Don's Bikes. Thank you, Ed. Man, <laughs> man, that's a, is that the second time I've done it? Third time eh, I've done it. I don't know. Who's it's, counting? Scott, Scott's it's like, been it's hanging- like the migrant caravan. Who's counting? Exactly. Scott's uh, Scott's been hanging out with me here uh, for uh, several years. So yeah, it's like home away from home. <sighs> exactly. You know, it's uh, he's my alter ego. Hmm. Uh, so anyway, we've been talking about the uh, we talked about the caravan, and now we're talking about all these bombs that are going off everywhere. Well, that, that none of them are going off. It just seems curious to me. That all these bombs arrived, and let's see, there's like 12 of them. Uh, Wednesday, uh, so, so 12 of them, so between Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, all these bombs being delivered, pipe bombs, and none of them have exploded. Right, which again, as I said the last half, he's obviously a lousy bomb maker. And thank God they didn't go off, obviously. But it begs the point, I mean, are, these bombs were not intended to, quote, go off. So what was the purpose of them then? Uh, I think it's, I don't want to say... October surprise, but I I think I think the Democrat well number one I think I think someone in the Democrat world thinks that sending that caravan up was going to uh, create some and just specifically targeted at our at our midterm voting day to get here 
Um, I think that they thought that they were going to create some scenes that people are going to feel sorry for all these people coming up and vote against Trump and vote against the Republican Party, vote Democrat. Yeah, I think it's had almost the opposite effect. And look, if if the Democrats think that the majority of, of people in the United States want this massive influx of people in here from, from other countries, I mean, look, even the people that are here illegally now don't want more illegals coming in, right? Because they all have to compete for the same jobs, the same resources. Uh, we all have to you know, share the same roads and freeways. Do they, do they really want more people pouring in? I don't think so, Ed. I don't think so either. And now... And now I think they're starting to figure out that uh, the early polls, the the early polls, I'm saying the early, as people are early voting, they're starting to see that, hey, you know what, between the, the, the Kavanaugh, yeah, the, I'm going to say the crap they did to, to Brett Kavanaugh, this, all the, all the shenanigans they're pulling there is starting to backfire on them. And, and people are saying, hey, you know what, the Democrats are just out of control. We're voting Republican. And uh, so now they want to change the narrative. So now it's let's set up the let's set up the uh, the Republicans so it looks like they're bombing the Democrats. So on uh, on Wednesday, the president delivered multiple statements on the threats. This was his statement from the White House. In these times, we have to unify. We have to come together and send one very clear, strong, unmistakable message that acts or threats of political violence of any kind have no place in the United States of America. It's a very bipartisan state, but I can tell you from both sides, we both agree on that. Yeah, but the liberals continue to say the president encouraged this to happen with his rhetoric. Here's uh, Maxine Waters, impeach 45, who tells uh, Democrats to uh, harass Trump supporters in public. I think the president of the United States should take responsibility uh, for the kind of violence that we're seeing uh, for the first time in different ways. I think the president of the United States has been dog whistling uh, to his constituency, making them believe that their problems are caused by those people over there. And I think that they're acting out what they believe the president wants them to do and the way that he wants them to act. As a matter of fact, if you pay attention or you paid attention to the president uh, during his campaign uh, when he talked violent. He talked about beating up on people and taking them out on a stretcher and even said he would pay uh, their lawyer's fees to get them out. Just the other day he was laughing and uh, basically uh, appreciating uh, the fact that a member of Congress had slammed a journalist and he mimicked and mocked uh, the slamming of that journalist and he in his own way uh, really does do a lot to promote violence. What's that weird music in the background by the way? I don't know. Do we put that in there? It makes some uh, <laughs> makes it makes for a uh for a, a different effect for Maxine Waters. And you notice how she's talking so quiet. Well, yeah, she read the dog whistle memo too, by the way, because she threw that one in there in case yeah. you didn't notice. And she's, you know, he's, he's promoting violence. He just said he, he, uh, he loves someone that, that body slammed a reporter. Yeah, and this, this also comes from the woman that encouraged people to surround Republicans and make them not feel welcome and intimidate them and get in their face. Let them know that they're not welcome. They're not welcome here anymore, Ed. No way, they're not. They're mm. not. So uh, when when uh, NBC's Chuck Todd asked Ted Cruz about this, Cruz Cruz delivered uh, an inconvenient truth. 
There are too many Democratic politicians that are actively encouraging this. When Maxine Waters tells people, go harass, scream, yell, and come after people, that's wrong. When Cory Booker, who I like, Cory's a friend of mine, when he stands up and says, go get in people's faces and scream and yell and harass them, that's wrong. And, and what about he, the president body slamming? Uh, okay, I listen, mean, you know, listen. look, that's no, what I'm saying is, I get that. That's, don't we need to cool it down everywhere? Every, everywhere we do. I, I agree with that. I, I thought it was unfortunate when Hillary Clinton said we can be civil after the Democrats win. Me too. I didn't like that at all. I think uh, Hillary Clinton needs to just go away. Yeah. Uh, well, no no argument there, Ed. No argument there. Uh, but again, once again, th- of course, this is so hypocritical because the left for all along has been saying it's okay to... But it, didn't Eric Holder say it was okay to kick people? Yeah, it's okay when, to when kick they, people. When, when they go low, we kick them. Exactly. Mm. Yeah, say... But that's okay. Well, it's, who is the sales guy? Say, when a man's down, kick him harder and see if he's how tough he is. That was a sales. That was a sales sales uh, motivation thing. Mm. Uh, so who knows? Who knows what we know about what we know about the suspect who was arrested Friday morning? Uh, Caesar Sayok was arrested at the at a business in Plantation, Florida, thirty miles north of Miami. According to law enforcement sources, say Sayok has been identified as a Native American Trump supporter. Early reports were that. He was registered in the Green Party, but the Florida Sun Sentinel has reported that he's a registered Republican. Republican, and you could tell by his van because you know they they show pictures of the van, and you know what? I'm a Republican. I don't have any bumper stickers on my car because being a Republican, I have a job, and I work, I pay my bills, and I buy a nice car, and uh, I don't p- cover it with bumper stickers, especially because I know the morons that don't like Trump are gonna gonna key my car or do something. Although uh, I want to do the same to ones I see that have uh, Hillary Clinton stickers on theirs or Biden's or or anybody else, uh, Bernie Sanders. And uh, but it's covered with Trump. It's like it looks like a Republican Party campaign van. Well, yeah, not only that, I mean, it looks like it looks like somebody that's faking like they're an extremist right winger, because when I heard he had a van covered with stickers, I, I envisioned like a bunch of bumper stickers. And by the way, for those of you who haven't seen this van, go online and take a look at it. I, I envisioned this van, that, you know, had stickers all over, you know, some of these gaudy cars, they got stickers all over it. Instead, this was actually kind of a carefully manicured, almost like a wrap that had all of these nicely done photos of, you know, targets on Democrats. And it, it was almost it looked staged. Didn't yeah, you know exactly. What I mean? It looked staged. It had a it had a uh, it had a graphic all the president's men and it had uh, pictures of Trey Gowdy and and uh, a bunch of and it shows Mike Jim Pence Jordan, standing Mike on Pence. a tank with like a flag. It, it looked it looked just almost silly. Yeah, it's like, like a like a stereotype of what what a left winger might think a right winger would have on their car, right? Say, look at this guy, man. He's a Republican. He's he's all whacked out, and now he's coming after everybody. I think uh, I think of. Uh, who's the guy that they pinned the uh, the Lincoln assassination on? John Wilkes Booth? Uh, no, not no, not Lincoln. Uh, Kennedy, uh, the first guy. Uh, that was Oswald. Uh, yeah, Lee Harvey and, Oswald. And then all of a sudden, he just got accidentally uh, murdered. Oh. And uh, then it was Jack Ruby or something. Jack Ruby mm-hmm. killed him. So it's like, hey, they set him up to do this, and then they said they blame it on him. And before they could actually do too much investigation, kill the guy before he can say anything that he got paid by somebody else. I don't know. It just seems, I hate to be a conspiracy theorist. I hate to say that Barack Obama wasn't born in the United States. And I hate to say anything that has people saying I'm a conspiracy theorist. But it just doesn't add up to me. I'm a thinking guy. Right. Does it add up to you? No. You want to go through what we do know about this guy? Yeah, we do know about All him. Right. We know he's 56 years old, so he's a young guy. 
compared to us, was born in uh, New York and resides in Aventura, Florida. He's criminal. His criminal history includes felonies in 1991, 2004, and 2013. In addition, he was charged with domestic violence against his mother. God, 1994. Back. You know, hey, you know what? Against your mom? Come on. Uh, in 1994, faced a drug court case in 2004. Public records show arrests for making bomb threats, battery, and felony grand theft. His uh, occupations are uh, catering, dry cleaning, and male stripper. Yeah, he worked at his first. We already worked at a strip club. Then we found out he actually was a stripper. Also, he was a Native American, right? So I figured, well, maybe that explains why Elizabeth Warren didn't get a bomb because she maybe he's kind of a fan of hers. But when I heard like the Native American Indian stripper, I kind of thought it like the village people, you know, the guy on the Indian, you know? Yeah, I, I figured I I picked, caught on to that. I yeah, was, okay. I'm old enough to remember the right. village people. This was back in the '90s. I guess this guy was a stripper. Uh, but I just wondered, did he did he just strip down to like this Indian loincloth, or did he go full wampum? And what was the other? What was the other? Uh, the other line? You know, uh, Scott is not just a political commentator. Commentator. He's, That's right. He's a stand-up comedian. Yeah. In other words, I have reservations about this guy as a suspect. Is that yeah, what you're going to say? Yeah. And uh, what was the other thing he said? His first time on stage. <laughs> He bombed. Oh, that's I, why. That's why he lost his gig as a stripper. Because at over fifty, you know, you go up there and and you bomb. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> All right. No, uh, no pun intended. Hey, so uh, that's what's going on this week. Now, what's going on this week and next week and uh, for the next week and a half is voting. And uh, last year we didn't talk. Last election we didn't talk about. All we talked about were the candidates, and we talked. We didn't talk about propositions. And someone said, "Hey." Hey, I'm disappointed that you never went over the propositions, and we never did. So uh, I went through the propositions and uh, went through and decided what I think, and then uh, we actually had a meeting at our office, a roundtable at our office uh, Wednesday night this week, and uh, we got some different opinions, and um, I got some clarity on some things. I don't know that I don't know that I changed my mind on anything, but uh, I did get some some more clarity, and what would you think of it? Uh, no, it was very constructive because we got feedback. I mean, all this is information. We definitely got some good information from people uh, that were at this meeting and, and got some insider information from people that just know more about this stuff than we do. Exactly. So here, we're going to give you our our, uh, our, our comments on the uh, on the proposition. So get out your pens. This is, this is how me and Scott are voting. Well, that's how I'm voting. And Scott will tell you if he's uh, if he disagrees. So, Proposition One authorizes funds to uh, to fund specified housing assistance programs. A legislative statute authorizes four billion dollars in general obligation bonds, which means the the state borrows four billion dollars uh, for existing affordable housing programs for low income residents, veterans, farm workers, manufactured and mobile homes. Uh, infill and transit oriented housing. So that would lead you to believe that they're going to house homeless veterans and homeless other people. Uh, fiscal impact increased state jobs to repay bonds, averaging about $170 million annually over the next 35 years. Um, the pro is uh, says means affordable housing for veterans, working families, blah, blah, blah is going to be great. Habitat for humanity. Everything's going to be wonderful. And it's not going to cost anybody anything uh, except for we have to pay back the $4 billion. Um, plus, t- plus interest. Exactly. Uh, the, uh, the general consensus is, um, that we're just borrowing money. There's no specifics as to where this is going. They added the veterans just to get people to vote for it. And, uh, it just doesn't make any sense. California needs to fix its uh, fiscal problems, uh, without continuing to borrow money to fit and throwing money at every problem. 
Yeah, we're broke. We're in the hole. We can't afford this. And one of the most compelling things that came out of the meeting was, look, it's not just the bonds, which is borrowing money, but it's the interest on the bonds. We're talking $4 billion. Do you really trust the state to do that? We're already, we're already broke, okay? And we don't need to be spending money on projects like this where who knows where the hell the money's going. So the answer is no on one. No on one. Okay, number two authorizes more bonds to fund existing housing programs for individuals with mental illness. Um, yes on two is uh, supportive. Supportive housing and treatment for homeless people living with serious mental illness. Prop 2 won't raise taxes, except for the bonds, $140 million per year. Um, Won't raise taxes. It'll help people off the streets and into comprehensive mental health services and addiction treatment. Homeless advocates, social workers, doctors, and emergency responders agree yes on two. The con is... Uh, takes up to $5.6 billion away from uh, severely mentally ill to fund bonds to build them uh, just housing and without requiring treatment. So they're going to take $5.6 billion and uh, just put housing up for them. It doesn't do anything to treat them for their disease and uh, will force many people into many more people into homelessness. It's unnecessary because last year, the legislator authorized county use of MH, MHSA funds for housing. Uh, again, the it's it's a it's a money grab for the state to come up with a solution the solution is uh uh revise hipaa laws so we can actually do something for these people because most of the homeless people want to be homeless well i mean it's it's a homelessness is a complex problem it's a combination of drug addiction mental illness and people that as you said maybe just want to be there so the answer of building you know uh, public subsidized housing for them as a solution is no the answer is no so vote no on two okay Number three, authorizes bonds to fund projects for water supply and quality watershed fish, wildlife water conveyance. It's, this is going to save some more, uh, save some more uh, Delta, Schmelt. Delta schmelts. Okay, authorize $8.877 billion in state gov- general obligation bonds for various infrastructure projects. Fiscal impact, increased state cost to repay bonds averaging $430 million per year over the next 40 years. You know what? This state will never recover from all this stuff. The 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 yes on three people say it secures safe, reliable, and clean water for California. Provides safe drinking water, repairs unsafe dams. You know what? They should have done this years ago. Re- repaired the dams before they before they broke. They should have repaired the levees before they broke. And uh, they shouldn't be sending our water from Northern California out into the Pacific Ocean to save the Delta smelt. And uh, the fish will migrate where they need to migrate. And uh, but the, Calif- the state of California needs has a farmland that needs water. And uh, somebody in Sacramento has no brain, and somebody all over the country uh, doesn't investigate anything when they uh, when they vote. Um, the cons against it will not produce one drop of new usable water. Interest payments on the bonds will double the amount it has to be repaid to bondholders. Uh, no. The answer is no. Use the Delta Schmelt for fish tacos. Next. Yeah, more people eat uh, and people drink because we'll not use the we'll use the water and we'll grow food. Okay, authorizes bonds funding construction at hospitals providing children's health care. Uh, uh, the pro is California citizens. California's children's hospitals provide specialized care for over two million sick children each year. Cancer, sickle cell, organ transplants, no matter what families can pay, 85% of the children with leukemia are cured. Are cured. Proposition 4 increases the capacity. 
the you know what the people at Loma Linda are saying vote yes for it because they're going to get 135 million dollars out of this. But it's but, towards construction. Yeah, it's towards construction on their new hospital for seismic uh, for to for seismic retrofits. So hey, they came up with new uh, government uh, um, regulations on how they're building it. It's going to cost an extra 135 million. So instead of instead of uh, somebody coming up with 135 million or getting rid of the regulation, uh, they're uh, they're just going to say hey we're going to we're going to uh, fund these children's hospitals by it, and it's a it's a waste. There's somebody needs to have some uh, common sense in in managing the state of California. Vote no on four. No on four. Vote five is uh, for property owners transfer tax. Okay, I'm just gonna just gonna explain this one. What this does is for people who are over 55, and as well as uh, severely disabled homeowners uh, and people that have are in contaminated or disaster destroyed properties. It allows them to move. And keep their tax their tax rate what they had. So you got people that bought their houses for a hundred thousand. They're now worth five hundred thousand. They need to move to someplace else as they get elderly, but they can't because they went from because if they go from another one five hundred thousand dollar house they paid a hundred thousand for into a new five hundred thousand dollar house that might be a lateral move, their tax rate will go from fourteen hundred dollars a month up to six thousand or fourteen hundred dollars a year up to six thousand, and they can't afford that. This allows people to move. And take their uh, their tax rate with them. Uh, a lot of people are saying we're going to lose gazillions of dollars in tax in tax revenues by the property taxes staying low. But you don't you forget that we're they're already paying fourteen hundred dollars a year on a five hundred thousand dollar house. Someone's going to buy that thing for five hundred thousand, and the tax rate's going to go up on that. It's good. It's good for real estate. And in California, anything that helps real estate helps everybody. So yes on five. Six is the gas tax. They try to tell you that this is about uh, about uh, repairing roads, and if we say and if we vote on this, we're or we're going to have potholes. We already have potholes. This is uh, this is about repealing the gas tax that made the uh, the taxes go up uh, twelve cents a gallon for gasoline and twelve cent, twenty cents a gallon for diesel, and uh, and it sets some new rules so that the the state government can't just arbitrarily raise taxes on things like uh, DMV registrations and gas without having the people vote for it. Yeah, the biggest biggest problem for me on this thing was that it was put uh, on it was put out there without even a vote. And if you allow these people in Sacramento to just arbitrarily pass laws without people voting on it, where are they going to stop? So this definitely we're, we're looking at a a yes on prop 6. Exactly. Okay, prop 7 uh is for daylight savings time. We uh we had a little bit of a debate on this because uh what does this really do? So it's saying that, hey, some people think daylight savings time just confuses people because twice a year we have to move our clocks forward and uh, twice and, uh, and move them back. Uh, it throws people off. You know, they're, they're late for their meetings or they're, or they're, or they come early. They could have slept an extra hour when they, when they end up showing up early or whatever. It, it throws off your body clock. Um, there's arguments for both pros and cons for daylight savings time. And when we looked at it, you know, a yes vote on this just says, hey, the state can change it if they want to. Right, you're right. It doesn't actually change it. I am in favor of changing it and having one freaking time uh, because it does screw up everybody's clocks. It does make people late. It costs millions uh, and untold inconveniences. The whole idea is stupid. Uh, and a lot of states don't have daylight savings time. Neither should we. I'm saying yes on Prop 7. Uh, I'll probably vote yes on it because okay. just, hey, we can change our mind later. Yep. So it's, a, it's all just they can vote on it and change it if we want. Um, I think uh, Arizona... 
Arizona doesn't have daylight savings time, and neither does Hawaii. And there's, no. I think there's one or two other states. Doesn't seem to hurt them at all. It doesn't seem to hurt them. Uh, Proposition eight regulates outpatient kidney dialysis clinics. Um, this is a no. Uh, we don't want the government uh, telling people, telling the the dialysis people. Um, what they can do, what they can't do. The more the government gets involved in in healthcare, the more the government gets involved in anything. It costs four times as much. The government skimming off this stuff because the people that are that are directing the money, the people that are directing the money, it's not their money, and so they just waste it. It costs. It takes twice as long, four times as much cost, and uh, and we don't want them getting in the way of people actually getting uh, dialysis. They're going to try and try and make it make it totally fair. Totally fair. Guess what? Just keep the government out of it and let the free market uh, fix things. People will go where they get taken care of. And uh, people that have kidney problems that need dialysis need to just not be screwed with. Or you can, if you if you have a, have any healthcare issues and you you know what they're doing to prescription drugs. Uh, if you're not if you're if you're not upset with that, it's because you don't have any prescriptions. Okay, Proposition Ten is uh, rent control expands local government's authority to enact rent control. Um, there is there are laws in the state about rent control. What you can do. This is going to take over the the rent the rental part. You're going to find if uh, if this passes, you're going to have a, a ton of of uh, people just get out of the rental business, and you're gonna you're gonna get out of the rental business. Um, there's going to be no incentive to buy. You're going to see a ton of properties come on the market. And uh, you're going to see prices go down. There's going to be a, there's prices of houses probably going to go down because it's going to be flooded, kind of like when uh, um, Reagan made made some changes on on the taxes in 1986, I think it was, and uh, everybody dumped all their rental properties because they changed some of the the loopholes that people were enjoying on having rental properties. So vote no on ten. Eleven. It uh, requires uh, private sector emergency ambulance employees to remain on call. This is a labor law thing. This is some people are saying, "Hey, it's only going to help AMR company. They're going to they're going to save a gazillion dollars a year, and they're putting they put twenty one million dollars into this campaign." This is about labor laws in California. If you're an employer, if you have someone who works more than five hours and doesn't get a lunch, you have to pay them for ninety minutes, or let them go home at six hours at six hours and pay them for eight hours. This, you know, if if you've got an employee, if I have an employee that says, hey, uh, we need to work through the lunch, I'll bring in lunch, eat at your desk, and I'll let you go home a little early. You know what? If we have the ability, the employees like that. Hey, I get free lunch and I get to, I work and I get to go home an hour early. I'm happy to do that. But the labor set, labor law says, hey, I get penalized. I got to pay out. And that's gazillions of dollars to all employers. And it hurts when it hurts the employers, it hurts the employees. Uh, last one. So that's a, so I say yes on 11. Comments on that in the last 30 no, seconds? No, last 30 seconds. We got one left to go of Prop 12. Go ahead. Okay, Prop 12. This establishes requirements for confining certain farm animals. Uh, we say no. Uh, this is just going to make things more expensive. It puts more burdens and regulations on farmers and people in the dairy industry. The answer is no on Prop 12. So the moral of the story is no on everything except for 5, 6, and 11. And maybe uh, 7 is the daylight savings time? Yes. Okay, so 5, 6, 11, and maybe 7 if you want to let daylight savings time do something uh, like that. I'm going to post it on my website. What my what my uh, uh, recommendations are, but we're out of time. Scott, thanks for joining me. Ed, always a fun. And for all of you listeners, my name's Ed Hoffman. Thanks for listening to the main event, and I'll be back again with you next week. The views expressed on this program are Ed Hoffman and his invited guests, and do not necessarily reflect the views or policies of the Sale Capital Corporation. WCC is licensed by the California Bureau of Real Estate Broker License Number Zero One One Three Seven Seven Four Seven NMLS Nine Eight Seven Three and California Finance Lenders License Number Six Zero Three K Six One Zero. Also licensed in Arizona by the Arizona Department of Financial Institutions. Number Zero Nine Three Seven Three Four Six. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.